and welcome back. Jody Leone here with Get to the Point. I am joined by my partner in crime, E. Sean Anderson. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm doing all right, Gritty. Good um, to see you. Okay, you found a way to throw that in pretty quickly. Real quick, right off the bat. Well, it was either Gritty or Ware. Would you rather be? Oof. Would you rather be considered the robot, or would you rather be considered the <laughs> the Flyers' I mean, new I mascot? I don't know if I'd want to be referred to as a demonic. I don't even know what he is. I don't think anyone in the state of Pennsylvania or Philadelphia really knows what he is. But Sean, today I was on, on my on my way to practice this morning. I was in the car, and you know I, I was starting to think to myself, like, well, you know, what are we going to talk about today on the podcast? And I, I was just thinking to myself. At this point in time, at week three, did we expect to be where we are in the NFL right now with the headlines that we have? No. Or were, were we expecting to be in a situation where Ryan Fitzpatrick, of all people, broke the record for most consecutive games with 400 yards passing? Did we expect to be in a situation in which Patrick Mahomes, of all people, is breaking passing touchdown records in his second season in which he didn't even play in his first season? And other things that, that go along those lines, are we, were we expecting to be in an NFL where the Patriots were 1-2, and two, the Raiders were 0-3, and the freaking Dolphins and Chiefs are 3-0. It's incredibly humbling from my from my point. I thought I was a lot smarter than I was. <laughs> I, I think that you were too, even though you're still up in the picks. Okay. But it, it's very humbling this season so far. Yeah, the I, I remember listening to the radio, and it's just it's really a matter of it's so unexpected, and so many different people that I hear, and like I said, though, on the radio this morning, I was listening to WFAN, and it's just all over the place. No analysts could have predicted what we've seen so far this season. It's a real free-for-all right now. But the first thing that we're going to be talking about is Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the whole narrative of Fitzmagic, quote-unquote, was the name that was given to him. He had the ballsy swagger in the post-game conference last week. But this week, they end up getting the loss in a failed comeback attempt by Ryan Fitzpatrick. But he still managed to throw for 400 yards. Do you think that Fitzmagic is going to be done? If that he's going to be able to continue this run? Or are we going to keep seeing more from him? He still has the hot hand in Tampa Bay, from my perspective. Even though he threw two egregious picks last night than I was when I was watching the first half, it should have been a much closer game, regardless of the two picks, because there was also a, a fumble by Godwin, and Godwin also dropped a touchdown in the end zone uh, in the first half, mm-hmm. which could have brought the game a lot closer and possibly would have given Tampa Bay uh, a closer deficit for them to come back and possibly win at the end. I think Fitzpatrick still is the hot hand. He's still dealing, and he was dealing under probably the most amount of pressure that I've seen from an NFL defense so far this year. Pittsburgh was bringing pressure on every play. They were bringing stunts on every play. Uh, the Monday Night Football commentators were were quoting Tomlin, who said that they just wanted to make Fitzpatrick uncomfortable under pressure. They wanted to to shake him and phase him. And it looked like they might have had him like in the second quarter, midway through the second quarter. And then he started dealing again in the second half. And it was awesome. Awesome to watch. Let me just rephrase that because the way you prefaced that, everything you said was a good point, but the way you prefaced that was saying that he still is the hot hand. I'm more so asking, do you think that because they've already confirmed that he's going to keep playing. I wasn't. I don't know if you were talking in the sense of if Jameis Winston's going to take over at some point in the season. I was just referring to the fact if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to end up being in the top of the NFC South, maybe making the playoffs, and Ryan Fitzpatrick being the guy that's leading the way, if you will. Do you do you th- or sorry? 
do you think he's going to be able to keep playing the way he is and leading the way? Well, through three weeks, I see no reason why he couldn't be the guy that would be leading them. But through you know his past and seeing what he's done, I don't I don't know if that's a valid prediction to make. Yeah, the one of the things that's probably apparent is that he's a very easily predictable quarterback. If that makes sense in that claim, what I mean by that is that it's not so much that he was easy to he's easy to scheme around it's more in the sense that going forward after he had these huge statistical games offenses sorry not offenses defenses will do a much better job of stopping him he's not going to be that difficult to, to stop he's not one of those guys that can do it for a full year there's a reason why he hasn't been a consistent starter except for when he was in buffalo and he was with that one year with the jets he's a very average quarterback a very average athlete has a very average arm doesn't really do anything that really you know shocks me and I think that the reason that he ended up putting these numbers up early was because nobody was expecting him to do so I think a lot of defensive coordinators came into those games thinking hey you know we can sit back a little bit let's just let him make the mistakes and that was obviously the wrong approach and they kept throwing the ball deep and that's not going to win football games week in and week out. So are you out on Fitz, Fitzpatrick? I don't, I don't think – I think it's going to sputter out midseason is the point I'm trying to make. Okay, that's a pretty safe claim to make. Uh, yes and no. I don't I'm, I don't want to just jump the gun and say he's going to sputter out next next week. But I think eight weeks in, by the eighth week, he's not going to be a headline anymore and they're going to put Jameis Winston back in. I don't think they should do that at all. I've the first the first two weeks there was no quarterback playing at his uh, as well as him. Last night he played just fine. He made one erroneous interception, backed up on the backed up on his goal line. You're making a face. Do you know the word? I don't know if erroneous works in that sense. It definitely does, Joe. Do you care if I work up look up the word? Go erroneous? ahead, look up the word erroneous. That's fine. Look it up. Take your time. Type it up. You spelled it wrong. Wrong and incorrect. So that doesn't. You said a, an erroneous interception. I don't. I don't know if folks, if you're listening, leave it. Leave a comment if you think that Sean used the word erroneous wrong. Stephen A. Smith would be very disappointed in leave you. Leave a comment if you think that Fitzpatrick is more legit than Joe is giving him credit. I don't. I don't know if you could call him legit. It's not like he's a young quarterback that we yeah, haven't seen you're the one, a sample of. We've last... seen him his whole career. It's just a matter of I look, I love that he's doing well. I would not rather see any other guy do well. I have nothing wrong with him. I just don't have any confidence in him being able to do it for sixteen games. Like I said, safe claim. That's not a safe claim. Yes, it is. I think most people are going to be jumping the gun and saying, oh, my God, Fitzpatrick is great. He's going to end up finishing in the top in passing yards in the league. I bet you. I don't he think that's even, true. I think I it's split you, 50-50, given by all the posts that you see, oh, Fitzpatrick or Jameis. Fitzpatrick or Jameis, who's going to play next week? Who's going to, be, who's going to finish the season? I think it's pretty well and evenly divided. I bet you, and you can quote me on this, folks, that at the end of the season he doesn't even finish top 10 in passing yards or passing touchdowns. Not even in striking distance of the top 10. Wow. Okay. You I, know, I can guarantee that. You know who really won't? Who? Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Oh, come on, man. I feel I I feel so bad for Garoppolo. That was a. Uh, I was all in on him this season. I thought he looked. I great. was not expecting that. Um, the well, way we needed to get off the Fitzpatrick know, topic somehow, and it, you're just pulling teeth over there. So, Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL this last yes. week. Is hope given up for the 49ers? Is there any hope left? Um, frankly, in my opinion, they lost I'm McKinnon. Gonna, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say yes because Whoa. their offensive line is really not that good. Like, there's yes, there's hope left. No, there is no there okay. is no hope left. Okay. Let me get Got to my point though. Their offensive line is really not that good. Joe Staley is really their only guy. Mike McGlinchey's a rookie, still learning. They don't have anyone else. Their defensive line is probably their only real asset. Linebacking core. Is Reuben Foster even been playing, or is he still dealing with those suspensions that were unwrongfully claimed? And then their secondary isn't very good. Their receiving core is average at best, and they don't have a good running back to lean on, albeit Matt Brieta has been top five in the league. I don't see them. They weren't. It's not the case of a team that, like a Philadelphia Eagles, that had a extremely complete team, and an average backup quarterback that could just kind of drive the Ferrari and not crash it. This is a Honda <laughs> Civic, a Honda Civic that's missing a wheel, and you, now the driver's gone, and you're expecting the current driver. I don't even know. Is it C.J. Beathard? I have no clue. You're expecting C.J. Beathard not to crash this broken down Honda. I don't even think they're going to be able to get that car started. No. It's. I feel terribly bad for the 49ers. I feel bad that they lost. Any team that loses their franchise quarterback, it, it it just hurts the league to see a superstar go down. Now, one thing that you said on Sunday when that happened struck a nerve with me. You said something along the lines of, oh, well, they shouldn't have paid him, or that's what you get for paying him. Along the lines of that, that, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't be I, careful with the paraphrase. I, there, those are I'm some pretty saying heavy it's words. a paraphrasing. <laughs> but you immediately brought up the payments and the direct injury. No, I, I think that the point I was just saying was that it it looks bad, or not so much. It looks bad. It's a shame that they paid him all that money and they don't even get to use him until next season. And that I was actually going to transition to a point though. I want to ask you though is. Do you think this affects the quarterback market seeing another highly paid quarterback go down? No. Injuries happen. I said that last year. I'll say it this year. I'll say it next year. Injuries happen in football. What about for the market for transitioning quarterbacks? So what I mean by that are guys that were on a team and are joining a new one or are a little bit more unproven don't have as much experience under the belt because Garoppolo's the the definition of an unproven quarterback. He hadn't re- he has not really done anything up until the four games he played last season. Do you think that affects the market for those guys? Are they going to be getting these huge lofty extensions? Quarterbacks always a necessity. I mean, mm-hmm. you never want to get stuck with a what's his name, C.J. Beathard. Yeah. So I think that the 49ers are actually going to go out and grab Tyrod or someone like that, someone that they need to keep their season afloat if they really want to do that or they're just going to tank tank take the first round pick next year pick up uh Bryce Love and then go to the playoffs in 2019. I don't know if Bryce Love's going to get drafted that high but what? Our next well if they, if they tank I can't imagine they would draft Bryce Love in who, the top 5. Well, who would they draft over him? Over Bryce Love. Bryce Love's a first round running back but he's not a top 10 running back. 
he's he's extre- he's a lot smaller than you think. He doesn't have a lot of dimension to his game. Okay, Joe. All right. All right. So All the, right. The, the, the the That's the fine. next point is that Patrick Mahomes has officially broken the record for most passing touchdowns thrown in your first three games of a season with 13 touchdowns. While many people could have seen it coming that he was doing well, did you expect him to be doing this well? I think in our previous episodes in the spring, I had predicted that Mahomes would be doing well. I didn't think he would be doing this well. I don't think anyone your question. It, it's shocking to see him mesh this efficiently within the first three weeks that he's actually playing. I mean, he is just, it looks like he's just seventh, eighth year in the league. Mm-hmm. And um, in addition to that, and then the, the point that I want to go with that is, I, you know, I agree that I don't think anyone really expected it or could have predicted that, but do you think he's going to be able to keep doing it? Almost the same question with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the one thing I'm going to say to that, though, is I think he's going to be able to keep doing that. He's going to finish with these with this quality of stats for the reason that they are two very different athletes, very different ages. And Patrick Mahomes just watching him play. He has elite-level arm strength, probably the best arm strength in the league right now. He has very good mobility, and not to the extent of Deshaun Watson, but he also has... Very good ability to stretch the field and find the guys that he, he needs to get the ball to. Fits perfectly into this offense. I can see him keep doing it for the rest of the season for all 16 games. I can see your rationale. I just am afraid that he's going to get hit with the Kansas City Chiefs syndrome. Really? I mean, last year they were 5-0. and Then Reed gave up the playmaking, and they went on like a seven-game skid. Or not seven-game, but another five-game skid. Then they barely made the playoffs. See, my only my only counterpoint to that, though, is that that was with Alex Smith. And albeit Alex Smith is a serviceable quarterback, I think Patrick Mahomes is a lot more talent than him. He's far less proven, obviously. But I think that even if the play calling falters like they did, well, first of all, they're not going to make the same mistake twice. And Andy Reid just stopped doing what they were doing well at, which was throwing the ball deep. They were trying to do too much of the wrong stuff. But... I, I still think Mahomes is too talented for him to fall off and to hit that midseason bump that the Chiefs have been hitting in the past. Let's just see if his if the opponent's game planning for Mahomes reaches a higher level than Mahomes' talent. Okay. That's, that, that's what I'm looking for, okay. to see if they can game plan for him. So the next thing we're going to be talking about, and I want to add a little bit of a new segment. I love this phrase that I... I I didn't coin it, obviously, but I love using this phrase. I've been I was making some graphics for the blog I work for, and I started using using this as a, like a, a template. And we're going to start doing by the numbers. So we're going to talk about three guys that had surprising games or standout games that nobody really expected, and we're going to talk about you know how it affects their play and how it affects the 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 situation with the team. So the first one, and I know you're going to have a lot to say about him, and that is Calvin Ridley who had six receptions, 146 receiving yards, and then a whopping three touchdowns. Are these numbers legit? A lot of people will say these numbers are legit, and it's an excellent stat line, but it's just one of those days where Matt Ryan just loads up on one receiver. There are two types of games 
for the Atlanta Falcons. One of the one of the games is where Matt Ryan dials in on a specific receiver, and then they just pound it to him, and they load up the stat line. And he takes over a game. Other games, it's incredible diversification across the board with the wide receivers and tight ends and running backs, and everyone's getting involved. And there's a lot more winning when he does that when they diversify the ball across everyone. And they did a good amount of that this last Sunday. I'm not saying Calvin Calvin really is not legit. Four touchdowns in three games. That's just fine. I'm happy for him. I just don't want people to get ahead of themselves because this is just one of the two games that the Falcons can have. Now, would you say, though, that for that situation that you were saying, that they tend to load up on one receiver, is that a matter of play calling and that Matt Ryan tends to get into a rhythm with one guy? Or would you assume, and I feel like this might be more the case, that they have so many receiving options that when defenses come out and their secondary is playing very well, the opposing defense's secondary, and they start to shut down, maybe they're not really shutting down Julio, but they're double covering him and he's not open. They're they're pushing Mohamed Sanu away from uh, the good situations and the good routes that he's able to hit. And once they do that, it leaves a guy like Calvin Ridley open to to blow up and have a big game. And then once they try, other teams try to transition and scheme towards the other guys. That's when there's room for it switch to switch to Julio or switch to Muhammad Sanu or Taylor Gabriel's not th- still there. No, is he? It's Taylor, um, Justin Hardy. Justin Hardy. Austin Hooper. I always All, mi- any of them. Yeah, I always mix up the two of them. But you don't think it's more so, might more so be the case of that? I mean, that's just how football works. Yeah. How you're describing it, um, which is a good description of how you know the game the games yeah, work yeah. with offenses. But I actually think it is more of just wh- who Ryan is clicking with that day, and it's just who who's open more and. It, Last game, it was Calvin Ridley because they were dropping two on Julio and they were bracketing Sanu when he went across the middle. So Ridley was left open and he also had a 75 yard touchdown. Yeah, so that, that's going to that's gonna bump your. Right. It was still an excellent game. But he did score two other touchdowns. I think that stat line would be a little bit different if it was six receptions, 146 yards, and one touchdown. But I do see where you're coming from on that point. Right. Another rookie, Carry On Johnson, who I talked about of having. Rookie of the year potential, being the bell cow in Detroit. And he actually, did you know that he broke a record? It was the first time in, I believe, two years or a year, something along those lines, some somewhere along those lines, that a Lions running back had over 100 rushing yards. And he just barely clipped that with 16 carries, 103 yards. If he had more carries, he was averaging like five yards per carry. If he had some more carries, he may might have eclipsed the 150-yard mark. But is he the next breakout rookie with his first good game of the year? When we were doing our draft recap episode, I put the Lions in my top three winners of the draft because they got Ragnow, and I'm a huge Ragnow fan, but also because they got on Johnson, and I saw what he did at Auburn and the way that he could take over a game and just run hard, the, the ball, run really hard-nosed, physical runner. I think he's got the potential to be almost like I don't want to draw a comparison to Alfred Morris but Alfred Morris in the first three years Mm -hmm. in Washington when he was just toting the rock he was running people over he was running uphill I think that's actually a pretty apt comparison I will say because you know looking at Kerryon Johnson he fits that mold of just a he's not gonna wow you athletically with anything crazy that he does he's just a a moderately well-built guy that can take some hits and can carry the ball 25 times a game, albeit he didn't carry it 25 times this game. He can do that going forward. So the last guy, and 
he made me very happy with his performance because I've always been waiting for Christian McCaffrey to have a big day. 28 carries, 184 yards. That bumped him all the way up to third in the league in rushing yards. Huge day for Christian McCaffrey. Should we expect more of the same from him in the rest of the season? No, I'll let you take the Christian McCaffrey one because you're definitely more amped up about him. Well, well, I, I'm curious to hear what so you, you have to say to... regardless. But okay. the, uh, the thing with McCaffrey, though, is that I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he's going to put up rushing performances like this every single week because he's one of those dudes that one game he'll catch 100 receiving yards and have 10 receptions and then we'll get 10 rushing yards and then he'll do this and he won't really have that many receptions. He'll maybe have three or four. He's just a guy that can get hot in whatever situation that he's going to be given. And that's why I like him. I think he's probably the most diverse running back behind the up-and-coming Saquon Barkley in the league, considering, and, and, and probably at the same level of, as Alvin Kamara, who had over 100 receiving yards this past week. But I think he's probably one of the most diverse that if he's not running the ball well, he can get you those yards in the passing game and vice versa. Yeah, I agree. I think you cover the bases. He's a better... I mean, he's a good fantasy player, and I hate to use this comparison, but he's a better NFL player than a fantasy player because he'll get the job done uh, across the board. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, as as dumb as it sounds, 28 carries, 184 yards, like you're going to get beat in fantasy if you start him if you have go against somebody that has two rushing touchdowns. Exactly. It, 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 but I think he's a great running back. I, I hate the Panthers, but I do really like McCaffrey and how he plays the game. Yeah, NFL running backs are transitioning to this space type of player, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see more guys like him going forward. So now we're going to talk about some of the recent outcomes of the first three games and how it has affected the records of some players. Sorry, not some players, some teams. And we have four one and two teams that have played well below expectations. It's very early, so many things can happen. First one being the Patriots. Are they freaking out? Oh, yeah. They're freaking out. Everyone up here is, is losing their minds. Yeah, I can't I can't remember this much of a, I don't even know the word to describe it, uproar over a 1-2 and two record. And Patriots fans fail to remember the fact that two years ago, when they won the Super Bowl, they started 1-2. and two. So, to me, I don't understand why they're freaking out, but Everybody here in New England, in the state of Rhode Island, is completely bugging. Chargers, should they be freaking out? I don't want the Chargers to freak out. I think that they might have some panic in San Diego because the AFC West is really good this year. Well, not really good, but they're good enough. You know, they have to face the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Raiders. Raiders, disappointment. But still, I don't want them to be freaking out because I think they have a really good squad in Los Angeles but I think they are. Yeah, I, I think this team really has played below expectations. Many expected them to win the division. I know a lot of people that picked them to win the division. Chiefs have been dominating, and then the Broncos have come out to surprise. I'm pretty sure they're 2-1 two and one Two right and now. one. So they're underperforming. They're already behind. This is always going to be a competitive division, but you can't settle for just being slightly ahead of the Raiders. This is a team that's in a win-now position because in a year or two, Phillip Rivers is gone. Seahawks, 1-2, and two, got their first victory against the Cowboys. Should they be freaking out? Do they have the ability to get back on track? The Seahawks should be in a constant state of emergency this year, but I really like seeing teams that are in a constant state of emergency win. 
and I'll get I'll get to, back to the Seahawks later in my upside. So I'm not gonna dive that hard into them right now. But I I they're they're constantly freaking out in Seattle. I I do think it's another situation of them freaking out, but I think they're done. Oh. I think they're gonna freak out for a couple more weeks, and then they're just gonna cave. I think they don't have the they don't have the pieces to win. This is not the same team we saw a few years ago. They have Russell Wilson. That's it. I think that's enough to keep them from caving. This is a really hot take, folks. But if I'm Russell Wilson, I want to get the heck out of there. It's going to take a long time to get back to where they were, and he's going to have to take the brunt of it. I'm curious to see the numbers, but he does a good job of getting away from pressure. But I'm sure that his sack totals, the amount of times he's been sacked, is probably within striking distance of the top 10, considering how bad that offensive line is. I think that the Seahawks are just are going to be just fine. They're yeah. not going to make the playoffs, but they'll be just fine. All right. That's an interesting thought. Niners, and we already talked about this. They're done. They're done? Done. So not, don't, not even a freak out. It's done. just to give up. Done. All right. Sorry. Feel bad. Send flowers to Garoppolo. <laughs> I, I honestly, genuinely Maybe you should am send sorry to, for the kid. Maybe uh, should to Mike Shanahan. He's the better one to send him to. <laughs> or Kyle Shanahan. I'm sorry. I always mix up the two, even because you know they're related. <laughs> Maybe I did that a little bit just to spite you. Because <laughs> he, did, he did coach as an offensive coordinator for the Redskins and the Falcons, both teams of Sean Anderson. So... We have three 0-3 teams you in good? the NFL right now. Three 0-3 teams right now in the NFL. Are they all done? Arizona Cardinals being the first one. Are they done? The Cardinals. Well, I can't rule out the Cardinals yet because I want to see what Rosen does. I, I was thinking the same thing. But I want to see what <laughs> Rosen does. I think he's going to come out and play and do well, and you're going to be like, wow, he, he's actually looking pretty good. But... This is going to be like a two and fifteen team, or not two and fifteen, two and fourteen team. They're not going to surpass four games. I'm they, le- they play too many good teams, and they don't have any pieces around Rosen yet. I'm letting you know right now, for time's sake, I'm not ruling out any of these three teams. Really? So why aren't you ruling out the Texans? I just think they have too much talent. So I wanted to talk about this, but I don't think we're going to get into it because it's going to take a very long time. But while you were in your room and I was watching the Giants game, I was shouting profusely, Deshaun Watson is done. He's done. I understand he threw for 380 yards. I understand that. But I could not help but be disgusted from watching him just underthrow receivers and misfire. He has absolutely no accuracy, which was his biggest knock on him coming into the league. I need you to take a few step back. No. I need no. you to step back. Because he did terrible in the first two weeks. And his performance in the first three weeks is overinflated by a 380-yard passing game against a Giants team that forgot how to play offense in the second half of the game so he had so many opportunities to move the ball. I just need you to step back. Why? Earlier in the show, we both discussed how this season has already humbled us. Do you have enough hubris... To be humbled again. Hell no. I don't. I don't believe in Deshaun Watson. I don't whatsoever. It was a matter of pure circumstance. And I couldn't I couldn't help but fear for him also, on a different note, even if he was a good quarterback, 
fear for him watching him play behind that offensive line. He was getting hit left and right. Kerry Wynn, B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Carter teed off on him. All three of them, oh, and Mario Edwards Jr., they all had sacks on him. Kerry Wynn, uh, no, he forced a fumble on Lamar Miller. But Alec Ogletree, of all people, picked him off. Alec Ogletree, who's probably one of the worst coverage linebackers in the NFL, intercepted Deshaun Watson. What does that say about him? Poor decision-making? Alec Ogletree was in the right spot at the right time, possibly. But he's, like, never been in the right spot at the right time. Defenses are getting paid, too, Joe. Defensive coordinators getting paid, too. Deshaun Watson is just fine, and you know it. I cringe watching Alec Ogletree play defense. He picked off Deshaun Watson. I'm just saying that... Everyone wants to hype do you, him up. Do you want to do this? Do you want me to bring up examples of other ridiculous circumstances that have happened this this year in the NFL? Or do you want no. to move on to the three no. teams? No, fine. Because I will bring, I will berate you with other ridiculous examples of right. things, that, things right. that have happened. All right. I did get a little bit carried Joel B- Bitonio ran for six yards this year. Yeah, but, okay, but th- why is that a counterpoint to me saying it's, that It's Deshaun something Watson crazy that happened. Yeah, but... Oh, is it supposed to be like, yeah, oh, it's Alec, crazy. Deshaun Alec Ogletree picked off Al- uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. Forgot, oh, wait, let's wait. all run to the hills. Wait, wait, Deshaun Watson forgot how to play football. That's so crazy. He's going to be fine next season. You're making an excuse do, for him. Do you even want to? I'm not jumping on any grenades for Deshaun Watson. I think he's a good quarterback. Hmm. Do you even want to do this next segment? Because well, Do you even want to? It, the 3-0? We, we have one more team. We have one more team. Oh, the Las Vegas Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Are they done? I take it back. The Raiders are done. Okay, good. I take it back. You maybe you. I convinced you. You got no. You got you got my blood boiling, and now I'm mad at the Raiders for being bad. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not even gonna really say anything about them, but I just I can't help but be so like befuddled by uh, John Gruden. Putting his foot in his mouth every time you, he talks can about. Can you stop Khalil putting Mack? Gruden in the spotlight? No, but just, I'm just saying. You, could you no, just, but have you heard the quotes? I've heard they, the quotes. They, I get they it. They ask him about Cleo Mack every single game. You need to start passing on those, dude. He keeps making himself look worse and worse and dumber and dumber. His response to them are even worse. You don't okay. think so? I. You don't think so? I could care less. I'm tired of seeing John Gruden get put on the spotlight, put in the spotlight just because him and his general manager made a bad call on Cleo Mack. All right, all right, so he's got a job right. to do. All right. Well, that was more on Gruden than it was on Reggie McKenzie. Okay. Reggie McKenzie okay. is an incredible GM. But two 0 3 teams that nobody expected. The two Los Angeles three. Rams are the, uh, the sorry, 3 0. The Los Angeles Rams are the other 3 0 team. Nobody was really that sh- shocked by that. The Dolphins is probably the most surprising of them. It, is, that, is that serious? Are they going to be able to win that division? Or do you think this is a bit of a chance and circumstance. I couldn't care less about these Dolphins. I don't know if I could name six players on their team. Really? I don't think that they're going to... You know what? They actually... 3-0, they might make the wild card. I don't know. I I think, in my opinion, I think this is actually a moderately exciting team to watch. They got rid of Sue, who obviously is still doing decently well with the Rams, but that offensive line is pretty young and pretty good. Tannehill's back and he's balling hard. Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore look like a perfect one-two punch. That offense is pretty pretty dominant right now, from what I understand. I don't know what their defensive numbers are like, but just looking at them, they look pretty good. So now we're going to go to upside-downside, which we do every single week. We implemented in week one. 
And no, it was week one or week two. We implemented it week one, first week. Okay, that's what I thought. Who was your upside? My upside this week is Pete Carroll, because he rallied the troops in Seattle, took them down to Dallas, and beat Dallas. And the best part of being uh, from uh, the DMV is that you follow a lot of Cowboys fans that live in the same area as Redskins fans. So they love... Wait, let me just counter that, though. I'm just going to say, there's Cowboys fans everywhere. I understand. So we all know where you should go on Okay, but you, you don't understand the severity of it in Washington. Seeing how angry they get on Twitter made my week. Seeing how mad they got... I, I actually felt bad for Ezekiel Elliott because he understands the Cowboys' woes and everyone's seeing off the Cowboys. But seeing Pete Carroll just rile the troops, chewing his big wad of gum on the sidelines, getting excited with the team made me happy. Earl Thomas didn't make me so much uh, as happy because I like him in Seattle. But Pete Carroll rallied the troops, got it done. Upside. The Buffalo Bills. This is your upside? This is my upside. The Buffalo Bills... And everyone already wrote, the, wrote them off. Everyone's like, this is the new Browns. 0-16. They're done for. Buffalo Bills, I gone. Think They're not going to win a single game. Josh Allen's a joke. He looks like crap. And I think I actually did talk some smack about them. I, you I said, said they points. would be 0-10. You said they I would go 0-10. Okay, so, well, that was one of my worst hot takes I've had. But I'm, I don't even remember saying that, but I'm changing, I'm changing that point completely. They came out, they beat the Minnesota Vikings of all teams, which is supposed to be a team that is expected to make the NFC Championship game, and they came out there and balled. Josh Allen looked serviceable and hurdled a dude. I'm just happy that they got the victory. I feel, I'm feel i content that they're not a complete joke and falling off like the rest of these 0-3 teams. Man, Who's your downside? You're all over the place with the Bills, man. I, I you're just, all the first three uh, weeks or the first two weeks. It was carpet bombing on Buffalo. <laughs> this week, you are rescuing them. Yeah, I, just okay. a little. You just all right. I'm not rescuing them. I'm just hyped. I like to. I I, I you're, can't help. You're just happy for them. I can't help be excited for an underdog getting a victory over a much better opponent. Okay, okay, that's a good upside. All right, downside. <laughs> Roughing the passer. I'm just gonna get right to it. The roughing the passer calls in this league are so incredibly egregious. The quarterbacks have pads too. And I know there's this Twitter video surfacing of all the hardest hits in football, and it's just RIP to real football. They should just make the game seven on seven if every time a quarterback gets breathed on or a forearm goes to his chest, they're going to throw a flag on him. Penalties slow down the game, they lower the quality of the game, and they reward... 15-yard penalties for an offensive lineman getting beat, and then they, the defensive lineman hits the quarterback a millisecond after the ball is out. It's part of the game. This is coming from an offensive lineman. The entertainment value of football is incredibly diminished with all these roughing the passer penalties. I hate them. I hate these penalties. I hate seeing good defensive players get robbed of, of winning. It's a constant battle up front, and when and do you know how low of a success rate it is for a defensive lineman to actually get to the quarterback? It's probably pretty low, right? It's incredibly low. They play 80 snaps a game. Defensive defensive linemen are lucky to get one sack in yeah. a game, realistically. So when they can't even get rewarded for getting a sack, when they go and get one and they finish how the, they finish the tackle, how they've been taught, hips through, fire fire your hands, and sack the quarterback, and you get penalized for that, 
it just it I, it just strikes a nerve with me. Yeah, and I I see what you mean. There's almost not anything you can do in that situation, and also if the adrenaline's pumping. You can't help but put a good hit on a quarterback. It's a game where we don't like each other. Yeah, and it's also a part, of the, so, it's this a part is not, of the game to get into opposing quarterback's head, is it not? Laying some good pops and licks on him within reason, not hitting him in the head or anything, but lighting up a dude is how you get into a quarterback's head, and it's a successful and good strategy just, to go Just by. move the seven on seven. I'm, the <laughs> football etiquette in this is just it's skyrocketing to places that – I don't know. I think there, I think eventually there's going to be a revolution where football players say, "Oh, we actually want to play football again." I was going to talk about the new pa- New England Patriots as my downside, but you juiced me up so much that that I want now want to talk about the the <laughs> the, the, the roughing the passer penalty. I I just everything you said just makes so much sense though in in the whole grand scheme of things. They need to figure it out. They need to figure it out because it's screwing things up, and you're making a good defensive player in Clay Matthews of all people, look like a goon, even though he's not. Do your job, refs. Do your job, NFL. And the problem is, is this rule is not going to get changed until the end of the season. They can't change it. They legally cannot change it until after the season. But I at least hope that they're better about calling it going forward. That's all we can hope for. Yep. All right. Recapping the picks. We both had the same record this week from what you wrote in the notes here. Nine out of 16. So we were neck and neck. 56% this this week. So we went we went over 500. We were over 500, yep. Good progress for my, Sean. My, my first. That was, that was my average. But a nice little pat on the back for Sean. My first week being over 500. So yep. you, I would like to call out your false claim right now because I was listening to the podcast over again and you said, that's gonna change the next week. That I'm gonna I'm gonna win win one. So you technically didn't win. You get a thumbs up like the the Browns did for getting their tie and not losing a game. But do you want to go over the? You want to give the listeners our season averages through yes, three weeks? Yes, I was just about to. Through three weeks, I have a 54 percent correct average. Sean, on the other hand, has a 44. <laughs> so it's close. It's very tight. This is gonna be interesting to see how it goes. I bet you at the end of the year. It's probably going to be the winner's probably going to be 52, the loser's probably going to be 48. It's probably going to be along those lines. But we have a new edition of who you got for this week coming up. We got plenty of big games starting on Thursday. Vikings, Rams, who you got? Rams. Rams, Jaguars, Jets. Jaguars. Jets. What? Pa- Patriots, well, Dolphins. You think the Jets are going to be the Jaguars? Patriots, Dolphins. We're not. We don't debate them. Remember, Patriots, Dolphins. We'll talk about it after. Fine. Patriots, Patriots Dolphins. Patriots, Dolphins, Eagles, Titans, Titans, Eagles, Texans, Colts. Texans finally get it right. Colts, Packers, Bills, Packers, Packers, Lions, Cowboys, Lions, Lions, Buccaneers, Bears, 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 Bengals, Falcons, Bengals. Hmm. <laughs> Falcons, Seahawks, Cardinals. Cardinals. Mm, Seahawks, Browns, Raiders. Raiders. Oh, no. I Actually, no. Yeah, I'm sticking with Raiders. This is the fourth week in a row I have bet. I have picked the Raiders. The Raiders are going to beat the Browns. They have to. I respectfully disagree. Browns, <laughs> Saints, Giants. Saints. 
You three weeks in a row, you did not pick the Giants. Saints. 49ers, Chargers. <laughs> Chargers. Come on. You, yeah, Chargers. Yeah, Chargers. Ravens, Steelers. Oh, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah. I have the Ravens winning. No, I I can see Ravens too. I don't I'm not confident in the Steelers right now. Chiefs, Broncos. Chiefs. I think they go four now. Yeah, I think I think Chiefs here too. Ooh, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna say Chiefs. Is it wait wait? Where's that it, secondary is not very confident? Where's the game at? Ooh, good question. It's in Denver. I'm not confident in that that Broncos secondary, so that's that's yeah, the deciding I, okay. factor is I, how they I'm, play. I'm still in on the Chiefs there. Okay. So to conclude things today, we finally have some DMs. We did a little bit of outsourcing, but we actually had some people that re- replied to our tweet today, some very interesting, and then I, I ended our up... Our tweet where, Joe? What do you mean? At, at, oh, G- uh, at GTTP Jesus Podcast. Christ. You could have just said that. I don't... Just... That was a very poor alley-oop you threw to me. I'm just... But it's not supposed co- to be an alley-oop. We had a couple... You could follow our tweet. Follow us on Twitter at GTTP Podcast. We had two people who DM'd us, and then I DM'd two of my friends who, for some reason, have a group chat with us. Well, it doesn't matter. First one is from An- at Anthony Garrow, 35. Who is the best holder in the NFL and who is the best rookie punter? No idea for you either. And I'm not I'm not <laughs> ashamed that I don't know. What what do you mean? <laughs> I don't I don't know who the holders are and, and oh, oh. I know like three punters, okay. maybe. I, I'm Garrow, I'm gonna be honest with you, you're probably not gonna listen to this, but I'll be honest, I don't know the best holder because I don't know and I don't really know any distinct holders off the top of my head. But my best rookie punter is definitely J.K. Scott. That dude's been crushing the ball. I think he averaged 50 yards in week two, some crazy number like that. Who's he play for? The uh, Green Bay Packers. Okay. He's a rookie from Alabama. That's just for our listeners that didn't know who he played for. Well, if you don't know who J.K. Scott is, folks, learn your damn punters. That's all I'm going to say. At Pat McAfee. <laughs> Hashtag for the brand. Um, next one we got from Caden Booker, and he wants to know what size shorts does Sean Anderson wear? Normally, depending on the shorts, if it's a sweat short type fabric, I'll wear a 2X. But if it's a more thinner fabric, I'll probably go up to a 3. Really? It, it, it depends on the shorts. Like, you know, the like long Adidas shorts, I can it's fine in a 2X. But you know the one the ones that Russ gave me. Yeah. They're, they're 2Xs and they don't even come close to my knees. So I would have been in a dress code violation in my high school for wearing those shorts. In high school when you stopped growing, what was the smallest short size and what was the largest short size you ever wore? The 3X is probably the largest. Oh, 3X is probably the largest pair of shorts I have now. What was the largest you've worn or smallest you've worn? What, what do you mean? Like in, uh, in high school? Oh. No, just like when you stopped growing. Oh, 2X. Okay. You, I'm not touching. I'm not even looking at the 1X. Really? You've not, never tried an XL? That's what no, I was curious I will, about. I'm telling I don't think for the rest of my life I'll go into an XL. Really? Honestly, well, I guess you're t- you're you're a tall. There's no individual. there's no chance I'm gonna go into Sean six six six. If you didn't know, folks, he's not a little man like me. <laughs> Good question, book. <laughs> Thanks for uh, sending it in. All questions are are are, are welcome. I yeah, guess. <laughs> honestly, at L Giggle has Shaq West. Did I? I yes. think I was. A t- I think I got corrected. It's supposed no. to be Shaq West, right? Shaq. Shaq West. Improved Mo Bamba's trade value. So it's not a football question, but it's a good one. Um, yes, Why? there's no way that Mo, ba- Mo Bamba, as the player, hasn't transcended into the minds of every basketball GM in America. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it improved his trade value, but 
more people know who he is now from that song. I agree. Yeah, they have to. But I, I will say, though, there's probably a significant percentage of the people that listen to that song that know Mo Bamba's in the, uh, the NBA but have no clue what he looks like. Right. All right, so the last question from at Dark Roast. Why does Earl Thomas want to go to a team with no coaching and no future? And I'm assuming he's referring to the Cowboys because I didn't ask for any context. I don't know why he wants to do that. I'm assuming that he's not being respected enough in Seattle, which needs to change. Because he is their leader, he came back from a broken leg, questioning retirement last year, lost all his brothers in the Legion of Boom, and still can't get any respect, apparently, in Seattle, which is absolutely ridiculous. So I think my reasoning why is if, I don't know if he's from Texas, but if you recall in his college days, he played at UT, at the University of Texas, at Austin, and I'm sure that stems from it. He loves the state of Texas. He's from from there to some extent. I don't know his personal life, but I'm I have a pretty educated guess that's what it stems from. But that is going to be it today, folks. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a reoccurring listener or you're a new listener, check us out on Twitter at GTTP Podcast. DM us during the week whenever the heck you want. If you're bored, you just want to say hey, we'll what's answer up? DM any, us. any DM. Yeah, we got four this week. We've, Thank you. We've never not answered a DM unless it was spam. Actually, no, we actually do answer. We the spam answer ones. spam too. So if you want to send fix, us your viruses, yeah, send us your viruses if you're a spam bot. Um, but you know, if you're watching the NFL games, you're like, hey, bro, you see that play? We'll be like, yeah, it was sick. Like we'll respond. Just to talk you. to us. Talk to us. But definitely give us some more DM questions. We finally had some this week. Thank you for tuning in, in though, folks. I'm Joe DeLeon. Where, wait, where can they find us to DM At us? GTTP Podcast on Twitter. And also on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and Google Play and the podcast app. And I think that's about it. That's about it. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, folks. I am the... The I don't know where I was going with that. I am Joe DeLeon. I don't know why I said the the. But I'm Sean is, Anderson. Yep. Thank you for tuning in. Click, Check us out yeah, next week. Click the button.